You've been all over the world. You could have a shop anywhere you like, and yet you're here. It doesn't terribly much matter where I am. I have my shears. What else does a man need besides his shears? This isn't art. This is a craft. You cannot make something good until you understand a customer. Do we let all of our customers keep black boxes in back? If we only allowed angels to be customers, soon we'd have no customers at all. Please, sir, I don't want any trouble. I need you to listen carefully. There are a thousand blue boys out there hunting for this. And if they find it, I start shooting, you follow? Making matters worse, there are a thousand racket boys hunting for it too. And if they find it, they start shooting, you follow? Don't want to be involved in whatever it is you do. You know exactly what it is that we do. You know, Moving Radio listeners, we don't do this very often. But every once in a while, we get motivated by a film that comes out that we actually do a review. I know, I know, it's kind of insane. We do a movie show that very rarely actually reviews movies. Uh, But we're going to do that today because, of course, it is me, myself, Christian Zip here. But also, I'm joined by the fantastic correspondent of Moving Radio, Lucas Andrews, as well, to help me review said movie. Hello, Lucas. Hey, be here to talk a little bit about this film. I'm totally selfish. So I'll give you the backstory here. Lucas was like, let's go see the Batman. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to see the Batman. I'm like, what's more moving radio? I said, well, we can either go see X or we can go see the outfit. And of course, class one over horror, over Ty West's horror. But I'm still going to see X. So we're going to talk today about the outfit if you have not heard of this movie i can understand why because it has not got a ton of promotion necessarily honestly mm-hmm. i looked it up and just saw it from the poster and then i looked at the trailer and as soon as i saw the trailer i was in because it's all about an expert tailor but i don't think we should call him a tailor because he demands to be called a cutter in cutter. the actual film yeah there's a big distinction right the tailor sews on a button the cutter makes the suit he cuts the suit out and basically what happens here is they uh he must outwit a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a fateful night in his shop well lucas let's talk a little bit about the plot here right i've simplified it down into one sentence but uh let's let the audience know how the movie starts out how does it begin in a lot of films we see a narrator open on a plot and much like the outfit we kind of get pushed into the world of this cutter and he sort of explains his world and how men fit into suits essentially I think is kind of a way in which he pulls us in and we see a lot of the tailor well not taylor again cutter (laughs) well he's not here he's not gonna be offended lucas it's okay Oh man yeah (laughs) we kind of see the elements of of his world kind of built through the shop that he owns yeah and and that whole opening kind of monologue which is a voiceover essentially over top of um mark rylance's character of leonard uh, going through and actually making a suit it's it's cinematically beautifully constructed as well as looking at the work that this character of Leonard does and uh, cutting out these 
pieces of the suit and drawing it and how precise it is that kind of already grabbed me right away to be kind of fascinating and we see him as this kind of unassuming character right he's an englishman mm -hmm. in chicago not new york sting fans but in chicago and this is about the early 50s right post-world war ii and he's immigrated to chicago to make suits and of course if you're going to make suits in chicago you're making them for mobsters right? He is making suits for lots of people, but more predominantly some of the local mobsters. And the store that he has, this uh, this tailor shop, it is basically a drop-off point for these mobsters, right? But there's also somebody that works at this store other than just Leonard, played by Mark Rylance. Who else works at the store? Lucas Anders? Mabel uh, works at the store, played by Zoe Dutch. Uh, it's and actually she... pronounced Deutsch, just so you know, yeah. But she is essentially his employee at the shop, uh, works at the front and sees people in. And she certainly is somebody that gets pulled into the action of the film uh, eventually uh, when things go south in, in the store. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, certainly a lot of things that come up that pull her in. And she certainly... Uh, there's an air of mystery to this character that, that we see in, in it. We just don't quite know how she's involved or, or, or we kind of, we do because there's conversations between Leonard and Mabel uh, about relationships and his concern. Uh, he almost plays a father figure to her in term uh, off the top, right? He, he sees concern for Mabel and in not getting involved with, the monsters. Absolutely. I mean, there is this kind of parental role, even though they refuse to say those words, father, daughter, at any point whatsoever. Um, and I think it's almost kind of like a triangle, if you will, between Mabel, uh, the character of Leonard as well, played by Mark Rylance. And uh, I would like kind of lump the mobsters together as kind of like one uh, character, not because they're indiscriminate from each other, but just because that's kind of like who's playing against each other. Now, there's something that goes down at a certain point in that uh, this, this uh, tailor shop is a drop-off point, there uh, starts to be rumblings that there's a rat. There's a rat somewhere in the organization and they're finding out information about said mobsters somehow, right? Um, and that's where really things start to like pick up in this. So without giving too much away, we'll kind of reveal some little things, but I think part of the ride that makes this exciting is kind of finding things out as you go along with these characters and things reveal themselves. I said to you earlier today, because uh, we'd seen it earlier this week, is that I really, the first thing that struck me in the first 20 minutes is I thought, oh, this, this feels like a stage play, even though Graham Moore, the director and screenwriter of this, did not write it for the stage. Uh, it definitely feels a little bit stagey because it's all in one location, because you're dealing with a small amount of characters, and because this thing is so dialogue-driven, but it's fantastic dialogue to drive it to. Uh, how did you feel about this? Did you feel like it got a little stagnant for you with being in the same place and dealing with a small amount of characters? Or did you find that was kind of the exciting part about it? Honestly, for me, with it being all in one location, I really found it intriguing. I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I find myself when I I see characters all in one location. It feels very intimate and you get to know the characters on a deeper level. And certainly the 
the outside forces push in on characters. I've always liked films that don't rely on change of location. And, and maybe for me, that's what made it work in that element. Like you look at a film and I know <laughs> for me, I kind of point to like Signs is a film where they're all in one location. We don't really see them ever leave that location. And, and some of the things that uh, I guess are parallel to this film is just uh, all the action is happening there. And whenever things go down, it certainly involves the, the shop where our cutter exists and finding himself in uh, peril at times. Um, also, we, we begin to understand how some of his habits build into this performance and, and the way that the character is so meticulous and very uh, specific about the way that he moves through the world of this play. Well, not play, but it feels like play movie <laughs> yeah and don't let that don't let it just dissuade you people because i know sometimes people be like oh god no boring i mean i guess if you're really against uh dialogue driven um films right and you need a lot of action then probably this isn't up your alley but what i loved about it is that graham moore has constructed such an, an intricate plot like the every moment it felt like it was painstakingly examined by Moore, uh, much in the way that the character of Leonard would take his time creating suits, you know? I think there was a, a real purposeful parallel between a character like that who takes such time and uh, is so intrigued at every little detail and wants things to look a very specific way. And I feel like that's kind of paralleled in more script too, because there's all these little tiny things that are revealed throughout the script that make it so intriguing because you never know what's going to happen next. You get another little piece of information and then, you know, 10 minutes later, you're getting another one which makes the script take another left turn. So I guess if you like kind of those stories that reveal themselves to you in maybe a slight murder mystery way, but also uh, I've seen some places written where they talk about the usual suspects also kind of being a parallel in some ways. And maybe that has to do with the mobster world that it deals with, even though it's the fifties, that uh, we're always peeling back layers of what the truth could potentially be until the very end where you're like, I don't know that you could have fully expected where you were going to end up. Yeah. And I like the fact that, we don't really know where it's going. And as it's revealed, you feel satisfied with where it ends up, not to reveal anything because we don't want to ruin a film. That's, that's always a bad thing when you're doing a review. <laughs> but it certainly uh, was satisfying for me uh, when we reach the conclusion of this film. I felt like the outfit just exuded class on every level. You know what I mean? Like it really, it was just so smooth. The way that it was shot is all about those details like I was talking before. So it, it, I don't know that there's anything that will pull you out of your seat action-wise or um, with tricky camera work, but it's kind of like you look at this larger photo of all these little tiny things put together. And it's only when you get close up that you see in this picture how intricately it's woven together. And that's what I loved about this film. I really think 
it is going to be gone within another week or two out of theaters for sure because stuff is yeah. going to come out but i i feel like i'm hoping that a film like this the outfit uh could eventually find an audience on vod or some other platforms if possible because you know i think if you like uh something like maybe knives out uh, in that kind of intricate kind of style plot, but a little less of a large murder mystery uh, tribute to Agatha Christie that I, I think an audience could totally enjoy a film like this. Definitely can embrace something of, of this taste, right? It's like a smooth drink. It's, it uh, goes down well. Ooh, There's this movie's scotch. This movie's 12-year-old scotch. Yes, yes. Right? Fine scotch. Yeah, sure. but it's got that little bite right at the end. So it's smooth at first it's got a little bite a little edge at the end right there's certainly some social commentary there as well and I'm, I'm not sure if you picked up on that just this idea of how um well it just comes from that colonial construct right this idea of like uh, the white man coming in and taking things uh there's certainly something revealed in that uh obviously i again can't give you too much detail but i certainly think this film has merit and it's it's worthwhile checking out. As much as we don't necessarily go into a lot of the reviews, I just felt like, uh, you know, it's about time we probably did one. And this is a perfect example of the kind of film that we're trying to elevate on a show like this, hopefully, and, uh, and get people to check it out. So, uh, you know, if you like uh, intelligent, not thrillers, but you know, stories that kind of unfold and reveal themselves. If maybe you enjoyed The Imitation Game from 2014, because uh, Graham Moore actually wrote the script for that, this is his first film as a director and a writer together on the same project. I think you'll like it. What did you think of Mark Rylance's portrayal? I honestly, this erased what annoyed me about him, and I don't think it was his fault, from Don't Look Up, because he plays the, the kind of pseudo tech owner who's got the ear of the president in that film. And it's just so odd that <laughs> I ended up, maybe I just hated the person that character was, but I was like, oh, just thinking of him, it just annoyed me at that point. And he's so fantastic in this role. Not that he was bad before. I just hated the character, I think. So very calculated. And there's interesting symbolism that I saw in the poster. Like, you know how the, the shadow comes down on his pair of scissors because I feel like for the character that really defines him he, he feels very connected to his tool uh, which is a part of him and he certainly yeah, there's something so calculated about everything he does in this film and which makes him likable I think because you you almost root for him in a sense you you want to see him succeed through the film and you're right i mean there is this contrast between the kind of brutal world of the mob um, that invades his shop right they're the interlopers he never asked them they just decided to set this up i mean they do whatever they want and the kind of ornate beauty of the suits the outfits that he creates although uh we never really get to see a fully formed outfit we see a lot of pieces of them. We see people wearing them sometimes, and clearly he's wearing his own, but we never yeah. get to see that outfit come together. That's that's not a spoiler, just letting you know. Yeah, and the way that, I mean, that character of Leonard, you know, very businesslike in what he does and pays no mind whatsoever to these uh, mobsters when they come into his shop and 
and pick up what's in the Dropbox, you always feel like this is a good example of watching actors working on two levels. What's what's going on behind the eyes and what's they're actually saying. And I thought that worked for all the characters, whether it's Mabel or whether it's Richie, the gangster, uh, his thug friend, Francis, right? Any of those characters, there's always something going on behind people's eyes. And I found that really fascinating too. Yeah, I think, like you said, you could kind of combine the mob characters, but I felt they both had strong performances. Uh, Dylan O'Brien, if you remember from Maze Runner, he's always kind of found his way into that stuff, but uh, it's a departure from all that teen bopper stuff. I don't know. Shockingly <laughs> enough, Lucas, I have not seen any of the Ray's, Maze Runners. <laughs> Well, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> it's not that I'm elitist. I'm just not a I'm just not a YA fan, I guess. <laughs> That's my problem. Uh, I'm giving a resounding check this out to listeners of Moving Radio for sure. Uh, if you listen to this currently or if you hear it in the future later on, uh, I highly suggest you seek out the outfit. It is, it is totally worth your while. And uh, it's it's an interesting little ride, and it's got it's got great tense moments. If you like uh, well constructed stories and films with some really strong, understated but powerful performances, there's definitely a build. It builds to when we get to the final chapter. It certainly it's a slow burn and works its way up and gets exciting as we move through the fold of the film. A little confession for you, Zip. Uh, when, when I had to uh, choose the two films, I was like, I'm not going to a horror film by myself. So, uh, you know, remember you took me to another film. Yeah, and, I, think uh, I, I think I ruined him, people. Traumatized me. To the house. <laughs> I took Lucas Anders to the house that Jack built. And uh, I could feel the tension as he sat next to me. And he was ultimately horrified that people in the audience were giggling at parts that basically scarred his eyes and soul. So uh, yeah, he was very hesitant to go to anything that I said, oh, it's a horror film. He's like, well, I'm not falling for that trap again, zip. There's no way you're dragging me to, oh yeah, no, no. I just don't think it works for me time-wise. But I'm glad you came out happier, you know? And look. Yeah, uh, I'll still go with you to X if you want. I just, yeah. uh, I won't do it alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's still elements of that film that you're going to find are weird while you're sitting next to me too. So uh, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Both Lucas and I are, are recommending that you check out The Outfit. It is an incredibly strong film. I'd say if this was released five months ago, you might see somebody like Mark Rylance taking an outside chance at a, at a shot at awards season at a very minimum, possibly a BAFTA, completely worth your while. If, uh, let's see, it took me about two years or so since the last time I probably reviewed a movie. So I figure I'm ready to review another movie in about 2024, but maybe you'll do one before. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lucas, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the outfit. And everyone, we encourage you Go check this out. Support this tiny independent film. You should.